Hello and welcome to The Shepherd's Voice, the podcast of Catoctin Covenant Presbyterian Church here in Percival, Virginia. My name is Ben Franks and I'm here with Pastor Charles Biggs. Good morning. Good morning. So today we have a, a bit of a follow-up and application of our, our last podcast episode. We, we talked about how the, the Bible is the best commentary mm-hmm. on the Bible and how all of Scripture should interpret Scripture and how one of the main uh, ways that that happens and one of the main um, goals, of, uh, in a sense, of, of Scripture's interpretation of itself is to, to draw us to Christ. Yes. Um, we'd love to th- kind of think about that a bit further and, and apply that um, specifically to the books of, of Samuel, First mm-hmm. and Second Samuel, which yes. we break up into two, but really, of course, are, are, are one work held together. Um, so maybe you could help us mm-hmm. think through this as someone who's preached through Samuel and I know has a big love for his writings. Um, mm-hmm. How should we approach and interpret uh, yes. the writings of Samuel, and, and how does that connect with all that we've said and seen about how the Bible interprets itself and how the Bible uh, shows us uh, Jesus Christ? Good. Well, I think the first thing um, I would remind us of, about is uh, our Lord's teaching on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, that beginning with Moses and the prophets and the writings, the Psalms, Jesus taught them how to interpret through the Holy Spirit um, the things concerning himself. So that teaches us that if we're going to rightly interpret the scriptures, particularly Samuel, we're going to have to acknowledge two particular things, a very important one, um, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you know, that it is the very word of God. The reason there is because in order for the saints to understand that when Jesus was teaching them about interpretation, he taught them, uh, he enlightened their mind. He gave them illumination through the spirit as the life-giving spirit uh, he was to become in his uh, fullness, in his ascension and enthronement. But the second thing is that that he said that the scriptures are about himself. So when we look at Samuel, I think it's helpful to begin with the authors that God has inspired through his spirit. And the three authors usually that uh, of, of the books of Samuel's, first and second Samuel's, we know them. Actually, they're the first two parts of, of the books of Kings, as, as some know them. Uh, but the first, the, the books that we know as first and second Samuel were written by Samuel, probably the prophet Gad, prophet Nathan. Mm-hmm. At least they were uh, inspired writers and then inspired um, uh, uh collectors, uh, compilers, editors, editors. Yes. Very good. Thank you. Um, and so I think from the beginning, you see that the, what Moses, uh, promised with regard to a King coming, uh, in Deuteronomy, Mm. uh, this is beginning to dawn with the birth of Samuel. Samuel is born really supernaturally through the power of God, and this is the prophet. This is the fountainhead, if you will, of all the prophets who will come. So this is, if you will, the second act of God's great redemptive story in the Old Covenant, Moses being the first, the Torah being the first. Here is the fountainhead of the prophet, Samuel. Mm. So it's like John the Baptist uh, in a supernatural way being raised up to point forward uh, to the coming king, just as John the Baptist was going to point forward uh, to the coming king or did point forward to the coming king and say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I think when we see it that way, we begin to then say, okay, wait a minute, this uh, the, the David then is king of uh, Jerusalem, he's king of Israel, he's the humble king, he's the king after God's own heart, he's the chosen king, that we realize that there's a pattern going on here, that the prophet will pave the way, the prophet will 
um, open the way to the coming king. And we see how, uh, just as we see it patterned again in the New Testament, we see how the people have appointed other kings. We remember in the New Testament how um, even the Jews, when uh, Jesus is being crucified, uh, tell Pilate um, and before Herod uh, and, and others that, that they have no king but Caesar. You know, these are people of another king, people have, who, who have King Herod reigning over them. So in the beginning of Samuel, you have another king. You have a king of the people, the king of the people's own choosing. And I think it's helpful there to contrast everything about Saul, King Saul, the first king of Israel, to contrast him with everything you know about the Lord Jesus. Um, let, me, let me stop just for a second to say something more about why I'm doing it this way. The, the Bible's a storyline, all right? And with the book of Samuel, what I'm doing in putting into practice what we said in the last uh, uh, podcast was that I'm looking around circumspectly, but I'm also remembering what came before, and I'm, yes. I'm, I'm looking forward prospectively. So that's what wow. I'm doing here. And when we're looking forward prospectively, it's the work of the Spirit progressively, and um, we have that final word. And so it's important to know the end of the story, and that helps us as we go back to Samuel. You could say that we on this side of the cross and resurrection really can interpret Samuel better than even Nathan and Gad could uh, in their time, maybe even better than Samuel would have understood. So understand that I'm taking the end of the story and I'm coming back, and that's a, that is a legitimate and very useful way of seeing Samuel. So getting back to Samuel, when you see then Saul, you see one who's chosen of the people, but who's uh, outwardly maybe king-like, and the people appreciate a political man, a tall man, um, a, a, a man who was attractive. Um, he's not the man after God's own heart. In fact, he's a kind of antichrist. And that's a very important way to see Saul, that even though we want to take each chapter in its context, we want to see the big picture between the war between the serpent, the seed of the serpent, and the seed of the woman. And so uh, King David is the seed of the woman. Uh, king David is the king partially fulfilled that, that Moses talked about, that would gather the people, that would be humble. Um, that would rule over the people as a shepherd. Uh, Saul is an antichrist. Saul is an anti-king. Saul is a serpent, um, a, a, a seed of the serpent. And so it, it's most important to see that Saul's persecution and hatred of David is, is more than the fact that David, uh, that more than envy of a man, um, more than just the pride of a man. Um, it, it is the reality that, that he somewhere deep inside him knows that this is the Christ and rejects him. Um, though he um, is king, we know with, with David that he's more than a king. Um, he is a shepherd king. Uh, he is a humble king. He's one who, outwardly speaking, was the last uh, that the prophet actually recognized as king potential, potential king. Um, king material. Mm. Um, he was the lowliest. Um, we see in David yet a man after God's own heart. We see in David a man who's chosen by God. We see a man who's raised up by the power of God, who ultimately, through humiliation against the seed of the serpent, through humiliation and persecution against the anti-king or the anti-Christ, rises to power and glory, mm. literally, at that time. Uh, in in bringing the throne to Jerusalem 
establishing Zion on Zion's holy hill that was established, being the king, if you will, at God's right hand, shepherd of the people, the one who unifies God's people to bring them into his presence, to cooperate uh, to a large degree with priest and prophet, mm. to listen to prophet. Remember, the king was to listen to the prophets and then teach the people the prophetic word, and then he was to cooperate and work well in accountability, really, with the priesthood who would then um, hold him accountable to some degree and, and of course, represent him ultimately. So in, in David, you, you have more than just a king after God's own heart. You have a type of Christ, most important. And so when you're reading through uh, the book of Samuel in David's, first of all, humiliation, you always want to see Christ's humiliation for us, beloved. When, when you see David's... Um, uh, fighting Goliath as the champion. It's not just that we go out to fight our Goliaths. That could be a helpful application at some point, but first and foremost, it's one humble man who stands uh, in his own weakness, really, mm. before a giant serpent dragon lord um, and defeats him as champion and the Philistines completely in his uh, kingship, in his ministry, in his reign. Um, destroying God's enemies through weakness, through humility, through God's spirit, through God's power. Everything David does that's right is through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So when David is anointed, when he's the king who gathers the people, he's the king who brings them into worship, brings them up on Mount Zion, brings them, if you will, to typological glory. Mm. Okay, And, and yet, um, as we know, uh, though there's this trend, and, and I want you to note in any great story of the Bible, whether it's Joseph's story, whether it's Moses' story, whether it's Job's story, whether it's a prophetic story like of uh, uh, Jeremiah, and especially Jesus' story, there's always this death and resurrection. There's a trend of death and resurrection. There's a trend of humiliation and exaltation. There's a pattern of humiliation and exaltation. And so with... Um, King David, you see this humiliation period, and then you see this exaltation. But the exaltation doesn't last, mm. because he's pointing forward to a greater, more nobler king, a perfect king, the Son of God. So David's ultimate rule and reign is to point forward and upward to Jesus Christ. And that's how we have to read, at least, uh, that's how we, that's at the heart of our interpretation of the book of Sa the books of Samuel, or any other books, is understanding that the authorial intent of Samuel um, and Nathan and Gad are very important to find it in the historical context where it falls as the fountainhead of the prophets, as the place between judges uh, and uh, the, 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 the exile. Uh, but it is uh, first and foremost to understand the authorial intent, capital A, capital I, of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's interest is to take God's people, uh, both in the Old Covenant and the New uh, through promise and then through fulfillment uh, to the Lord Jesus to behold his glory. So what do you do with David's sin? It is just accented that David cannot be the final king. Uh, David can't be ultimately Messiah. Though he's a type of Messiah, though he's a type of shepherd, uh, though he's a type of savior from God's enemies, God leads the people to rest in safety through David. He can't be the final ultimate king who only the Son of God, and David knew that. David knew that because he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. David understood that his ministry was ultimately to another greater Lord. Um, and David fell into great sin. 
And even even at the end of his life, though, there's been some very faithful and noble things. He's learned wisdom, and we can gain wisdom through that imitation, mm. you know, reading properly um, as a second reading through David. Um, we can ultimately see the king who um, doesn't die in shame. He dies in faithfulness. He dies uh, realizing that he's the man after God's own heart. Um, but he also has committed a wicked sin. He's committed murder. He's committed adultery. Um, and so he could not have been the Savior to pay for sinners' sins. And so um, he points forward to the one who, um, who can save us from our sins, who is perfect, um, who was the great, perfect, better, God-given man after God's own heart, the very Son of God, the Son of David, uh, the Son of Abraham, the Son of Adam, who uh, comes through his perfect kingship, through faithfulness uh, to the prophetic word as the greater prophet, as the perfect prophet, and as the priest who lays down his life. He comes to lay down his life uh, once and for all, first David's sins and for ours. And uh, ultimately, uh, he is the hope of David. He's the hope of the books of Samuel. And as we read through the books of Samuel, and I would encourage you to do this with all of the books of the Bible, is ask yourself this question, how is the Holy Spirit showing me Jesus Christ first? Mm. And how can I see Jesus Christ here? And then how in Christ by the Spirit can I learn this? Can I not only hope in Christ, but now grow? So, for instance, that's where we'd say, um, how do we stand up against our giants? Or how do we undergo persecution like David? Or how do we forgive? Or how do we confess our sins like David? All those things are very important and secondary. But primary, first, most important, is how David shows us and how any of the Scripture shows us our prophet, our priest, and our king. In the Lord Jesus, and um, and that's that's getting at um, you know how I think we should interpret Samuel and other books of the Bible, particularly in the Old Covenant. Yeah, you know we're at the the stage of life uh, in our family with with young kids where we're always looking for and buying you know um, story Bibles and things, mm -hmm. and it's amazing to see um, you know how how many you get you get kind of certain books that have just a, a high concentration of kind of story Bible, you know, uh, mm. stories that we want to go to. And, and the writings of Samuel have, have some of the classics, you know, it's yes. the call of Samuel, it's David as the shepherd, it's David and Goliath, it's Jonathan, and all of these things. And so there's a sense in which we can, we can kind of, if we've grown up in the church, uh, think, you know, I understand, you know, these stories, I, I know these stories, uh, but I think what you've what you've drawn out is so helpful to help us see that if we're not connecting those stories with the story, if we're not seeing how David is himself looking forward to and 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 waiting for and anticipating his greater son, then we haven't understood it at all. You know, we're like people who have dumped out uh, the the puzzle pieces mm. and kind of spread out the pieces and say, "Oh, I can see all the pieces. Yes. I, I know what this puzzle is about." But we haven't looked at the at the cover of the box, and we yes. haven't put the the pieces together. And so, while we may have a familiarity at some level with this or that piece, uh, we haven't really gotten the full beauty and glory of the picture. And I think that's where bringing in that that whole counsel of God, that Scripture interpreting Scripture, that that Christ centered hermeneutic, you know, to use yes. kind of the lingo yes. that we lean on, uh, is so enriching to, yes. to bring us back, not just to obscure parts of the Bible where we think, I don't know what to do with Leviticus, but uh, mm. even with things that we may think are very familiar. It, it, it adds so much to our understanding of uh, who God is and what he's done in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I, I find it helpful in teaching uh, my girls and teaching other young people 
to just ask three questions um, that kind of a grammatical question in some ways uh, that we're used to asking uh, uh, to ask when you're reading the Bible, particularly in the Old Covenant, to ask uh, what's the person, place or thing and how does it point to Christ? Person, mm-hmm. place or thing and how does it point to Christ? So the person of David, for instance, uh, points to Jesus as king. The person of Samuel points to the prophetic ministry of Jesus, but to uh, that that um, uh, to to John the Baptist as well, to all the prophets. Um, So so the person, the place, Zion, Zion's Hill, uh, Jerusalem, uh, home of peace, rest, place of the king. How does that place, uh, continuing the Samuel? point to the new Jerusalem, to the new creation. What do we see there? And the thing, you know, so the the the, the temple, uh, the tabernacle, the, the place where David brought um, the throne of God up mm. to Jerusalem and, and saw the, uh, basically, his enthronement at God's right hand, you know. So person, place, or thing uh, helps us to find the person and work of Jesus Christ. And maybe that's useful as well as an additional thought. So Absolutely. All right. Well, if you'd like to learn more, you can find resources about this and many other topics on our church website, www.katoctin.org. That's www.ketoctin.org. You can also check out uh, the, the website for our regional home missionary, Pastor Biggs, at www.joiningtheharvest.org. If you found this episode to be useful, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave us a review and a rating, and share it with your friends. Mm-hmm. And as always, we encourage you to join us for our next episode of The Shepherd's Voice.